Welcome into the cockpit. That interstitial thingy we do, I guess, that doesn't have a set intro, which always makes it kind of weird when we start this thing because you have to formulate words to start it, and it's it is bad. It is a fun fact that this is the month of September. Yeah, which means this is the last normal into the cockpit for the rest of the year. Yeah, basically because it's holidays after this. I mean, sometimes in November we don't do things. November is not a holiday month. You're right, but also yeah. November November ceased to exist about five years ago. When the first half of it was subsumed by Halloween, and the back half of it was subsumed by Christmas. Hey, I don't think we've ever done a Christmas episode in November. We have done Halloween episodes in November, but I don't think we've done Christmas, because we, we both agree Christmas already gets too much time. We, and we only did the Halloween episode in November because COVID? COVID, right? That's what it was? I, I believe so, or it was just some like weird coincidence thing. We did something else that was technically horror-related. I don't remember what it was. We also did like Christmas extended into January. But yeah, that but that's because Santa Inc. was so fucking bad, we needed something good that was because seth rollins that was because seth rogan yeah that one cannot write a show for the life of him he's a brilliant comedic actor yeah he cannot write Don't i mean he's written a f- he's written on a few things that were fine i can't think of that up my head but i know he's written on things that i've enjoyed but mm-hmm. i don't think he's ever been the head writer or something i've strictly enjoyed that's fair santa ink is terrible i don't know if for any new frogs out there, or I guess new passengers out there, for any new passengers out there, Santa Inc., if you haven't listened to that episode, that show is terrible. Yep. Yeah. However, Dash and Lily, good. Dash and Lily is worth watching even if it's not December. We watched all of it. Although if you haven't watched it at this point, you should wait till December to watch it. Yeah. Just for like the hot cocoa and snow vibes. Yeah, instead of watching, I don't know, some bad like Hallmark Christmas movies, just watch the entirety of the show Dash and Lily. And I think it's like eight episodes. It was good. Yeah. For your 12 days of Christmas, you could watch an episode of Dash and Lily for most of them. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. If it has a second season, maybe you can watch it for all of them and a few extra. I don't. I don't, I don't think they made a second season. I don't think so either. But I said, if, I don't know. Netflix does dumb shit all the time. Like Slate another live action Death Note adaptation? I mean, honestly, at this point, we can kind of just say Slate an anime adaptation. We can't though. One Piece. No, we can. Like One Piece is just this rare thing. And even then there are issues with it. And that's not even me being an asshole. That's me effectively just repeating the words of the guy who created it to begin with. Who was like, man, it's dumb that Netflix changed some things for no reason. Even though they had me on staff telling them what should be done. To be fair, one of his issues was pacing and, uh... He's wrong. Yeah, yeah, he said they should keep the pacing, which I don't think the beginning pacing of One Piece is bad until after we, like, pick up Usopp as a member of the crew. I think the entire, like, Black Cat Pirates, which is what mm-hmm. leads up to Usopp, is too slow. Eh. The entirety of that island yeah. is a slog. But, I mean, Oda also has other problems, like, man, it's weird that you made Mary Kaya's, like, butler instead of financial advisor and then that he was killed off the way he was or the way Kuro was handled or the fact that for some reason they were just like yeah no n- none of Nami's village knows that she couldn't um that she had a still stuff yeah though she was being forced to work with Arlong and his crew to keep them safe yeah yeah instead we'll just make her look like a villain to them even though it's arguably like worse when they are aware of it but forced by Arlong and his crew to treat her like an outsider and a pirate and a horrible person. Yeah, yeah. I still think, as far as anime adaptations go, One Piece might be one of the strongest. Oh, yeah, no, I agree. It, I'm just saying, like, there are issues. You it can't, is, say, there are, you it can't is def- say there aren't. It is definitively the strongest anime, anime adaptation by an American production company. Yeah, I would agree. 
I had to say that because there's like a myriad of Japanese adaptations that are like legitimately good. Yeah. And that's because most of those adaptations are slice of life things. Dude, I'm not going to lie. Some like sometimes I don't know if I prefer Great Teacher Onizuka the anime or Great Teacher Onizuka the live action drama. And then there was also three live action Death Note movies Japan did. Mm -hmm. There's Gintama. There's the Gintama. God, Gintama is so good. Yeah. It's only issues. It's CGI is kind of bad. Which is fine, because Gintama is it like... It fits with Gintama. It's such a fucking, like, just dumb comedy. Gintama is a shonen. It is a quote-unquote boy manga, because that's how the, the categories are. Shonen yeah. and shoujo. Yeah, it's a gag shonen. Um, but it's a gag. Like, it's it's a comedy. It's jokes, jokes, and jokes. It's so good. Yeah. I, I didn't like Gintama the very first time I read it. The, like, first time I got preview chapters in American Shonen Jump. Yeah, I understand you. That's because I misunderstood it. But I don't understand. I you. thought it was. I thought it was supposed to be an action series. Because oh, like, yeah, no. The back half of that that preview is very action oriented. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is like kind of lame. Oh, and see, then, I read it and I was like, oh, this is like what Boba Bo's trying to do, but so much better. Yeah, I eventually came around. Like, it took another couple chapters of Gintama, and I was like, oh, this is actually brilliant, dude. Gintoki so fucking great best character you you spilled my milkshake <laughs> i can only have one of those a month because of my doctor's orders you spilled, spilled. my milkshake <laughs> i could just God, buy you great. another one don't worry i already had some of this one i can't have another one yeah gintama's pretty good gintama is kind of great i don't know because we've experienced technical difficulties multiple enough to drive me crazy but yes if i've already mentioned the first time i read gintama when it was previewed in american shonen jump yeah i didn't really like it i don't know why it was great but that's not me i completely misunderstood it i thought it was supposed to be an action series i didn't quite catch the comedy of it maybe yeah i mean first... it's a gag manga but it has action to it you're not wrong entirely well, that main that first the first preview in shonen jump the back half of it was really action and like i just didn't yeah. get the front half and like why it was being kooky uh okay i get you see i read it and i was like oh this is like what bobo Bo's trying to do but better i mean fair bobo Bo is not one of my fa- i don't understand the fandom bobo Bo yeah another do i like i've even reread it since like when I first did, and I'm still not a fan of it. Arguably, I, like some... I was even less of a fan of it. I mean, I do like some of the characters in Boba Bo, though. Yeah, like some of them are fine, like the son, the little son character. I don't remember. remember who that is. I, I was mainly thinking about Gasman. Gasman's also fine, though. Like, but that's also because Gasman's kind of like, like the straight man. Yeah, kind of. He's also a poop joke. Yeah, a yeah, yeah. joke, but no, his design is definitely not that. But when it comes to a lot of the more ridiculous bits, he is the straight man. Can you physically describe Gasman for me? Pile pudding. No. The poop emoji. No. Gasman has spiky hair and wears a t-shirt with a skull on it. Oh, I know who you're talking about now. Yeah, no, I'm still the wrong person. <laughs> the pile of poop is a straight man, though. I was like, I don't think we're thinking of the same character. I don't know Bobo very well. Fair. Fair enough. But yeah, no, I would argue Gintama's fine. And the One Piece adaptation that Netflix did is also surprisingly fine. But I still think it's pretty ballsy of Netflix to just keep adapting anime. Especially after the Death Note movie. Mm-hmm. But like, it's even more insane because like we have a new Death Note series coming. Live action Death Note series, not movie. A live action Gundam movie. Yeah. We have the One Piece. There's another one coming. I can't remember. And I'm, mm. I'm thinking Naruto was in talks. I've got no idea, man. But like, arguably... The thing that makes me the most annoyed by Netflix is 
adaptation of One Piece is really just the release period for it, given the fact that One Piece, you know, is one of the most popular manga to ever be created. Yeah, I mean, I think if you literally just count by cells of volumes yep. because of how many volumes one piece has and how popular it is yep it is the best-selling manga of all time yeah i would believe that easily but like my issue with it is so because it is the best-selling manga and for some reason nerds and fans of things will always like watch adaptations of things even though we know they're going to be bad whether it's movies video games or books the the fact that people still actively like get excited about video game movies yeah is the big one for movies like i know mario was supposedly good i still haven't seen it but in general films based off video games not great also the same in reverse but not quite in reverse. There are yeah, yeah, yeah. some banger video games based off of movies. There are very yeah. few movies that are bangers that are based off video games. Oh, no, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying, like, it's a fairly, like, similar correlation both ways. But, yeah, so it's so popular. So, of course, people watched it. And it's outperformed so many of their other, like, Netflix original series. Yeah. When, during the time period where I don't want Netflix to have any good performing shows, like, don't get me wrong, I want the shows to still do well because the people who put in the work for them deserve that. Yeah, and also because Netflix cancels everything anyway, so. Yeah, but I find it just amusing, vaguely, that the most popular thing so far is One Piece, which is pretty anti-capitalist from all my understanding of it up to this point, which has proven a great success for Netflix, at least according to their own ratings, during a time where they are proving just how fucking like capitalist pill they are as a fucking dystopian company trying to crush both actors and writers speaking of crushing actors and writers though what did you think of spider-man across the spider-verse it could have been better i part of me wants to just like not dive deeper into that because (laughs) just let people hate me on the internet (laughs) you deserve it with that answer you you deserve it yeah no it was great my only complaint is that I do have to wait for the next part, which isn't actually a complaint. I mean, it is now that uh, it's been delayed indefinitely. Yeah, but even though it's not really a complaint, like, I completely support the delay of it. Yeah. But no, like, just the amount of work people put into that, all the references that they made because they wanted to. The, the different styles of animation. The different styles of animations, the different multiverse locations, and the art and actual cultural significance and references and, like, acknowledgement of those places as well. Just, like, great. I You were watching the special features, which I hadn't seen. I'd just seen the movie in theaters. Yeah. And they were talking about how, like, Hobie has three different sets of keyframes to, like, make him seem out of phase. Well, so it's not for my understanding. It wasn't that he has three different sets of keyframes. Okay. Um, he has three different layerings. Layerings, my bad, yes. And each layering is off slightly. So you run animations basically according to how many how long that frame is in takes so what they were saying is he has like a layer of threes a layers of twos and a layer of fours or or, or layer ones but he has layers that move slightly out of time with each other which gives him that more janky motion that you can see around him yeah yeah which is a really neat way to do it and i greatly appreciate them talking about it because it was just super fucking neat to hear and watch hobie got hobie like blew up way more than he, i'm not gonna say than he deserves as a character but like the fact that people the, people came out of that movie and they're like, oh, punk, Hobie. Like, people are like, like yeah. getting into battle jackets and punk culture strictly because of Hobie, which is cool. Yes, however. But also, like, the type of fake punk that Hobie would kick in the face. I was about to say, literally, yeah, that's cool. It's also very anti-punk. Yeah. You have determined that this ideology vaguely or at least at the very least this characteristic personality is presented based off of this ideology and fashion sense is really cool and how did you come about this oh capitalism i mean to be fair it's not even like for me hobie wasn't even the coolest like new spider-man in that movie i would agree 
Um, I loved pa- Pavitra so much. Yeah, uh, I, I would also agree. And from my understanding, he was made completely original for the movie. Like, yeah, Pavitra. Hobie Brown exists. Hobie Brown does have comics. I have read some of the Spider-Punk stuff. It's not bad. Yeah, Pavitra is completely new for the comics. Yeah. Uh, I hope Pavitra gets like his own comic run. Oh, yeah. And also, the fucking art design for him is fantastic. His movements are mm-hmm. so fluid and beautiful. Yeah, like, they based it off of like... Martial arts. And... Mm-hmm. Some martial art that I do not remember the name of. And yeah. I will not even attempt to remember or pronounce. Yeah, no. And we're bringing this up because... Justice finally saw Across the Spider-Verse. I don't know if that was if I made yeah, that clear. I, I bought it on Blu-ray because I didn't have the opportunity to see it in the years. So I was like, fine, I'll just buy it when it comes out and then I'll watch all the special features that night, which I did all of except for the commentary because I was not watching two and a half hours basically worth of movie again when it was already 7 a.m. when I had work in the morning. No. I had I, D&D in the morning. Yeah, you had D&D. More important than work. More important, though it doesn't make money or allow for living. Yeah, but actively, it takes more of my mental yeah, acumen. No. 100%. 100%. So, speaking of D&D, I've been playing a lot of D&D, but for the computer. Oh, that's... That's weird, man. Like, I guess. Yeah, sure. Like, digital D&D. It's been very good. I, I've enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, so are you, like, using Telspire? Oh, no, I'm talking about Boulder's Gate 3. Roll 20. Boulder's Gate, Boulder's Gate 3. That sounds made up. I mean, a few years ago, it would have been made up. There was only, like, four Boulder's Gate games. Boulder's Gate 1, 2, Dark Alliance, Dark Alliance 2. There was no Boulder's Gate 3. That's I mean, completely fictional. Arguably, it is still made up. Yeah. I mean, yeah, technically, kind of, I guess. Everything's made up. Nothing's real. Nothing's ever been real. You're living in a simulation, dear passenger. But not like a computer simulation, but like an existential simulation more akin to, um, oh, fuck, my brain's forgotten the tr- what I wanted to refer to. Um, the, the demon hypothesis thing. You know what I'm talking about, right? I do not know what you're talking about. Um, Descartes' demon? Is it Descartes? It's literally the idea of a simulation. You're just like a demon controlling your life and it's all vision. Oh, uh, okay. I yeah, like the, the, yeah, ori- yeah. the original Matrix got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just saying it's not technologically late. I think it's Descartes' demon or some shit like that. I, I really don't know. I don't remember. I know I know it. I just cannot remember the term for it. But yeah. Do you know it though if you don't know it? Like, is that I know I works? have known it. And if someone were to say the actual name, if I do have the name wrong, I would know to what they are referring. Yes. That's that's fair, I guess. Yeah. I have the inability to recall it at this precise time. So, again, back to the Boulder's Gate thing. I started Boulder's Gate 3. I'm not very far into it. I think you also started Boulder's Gate 3. I did. I did indeed. Despite ha- not owning it. Despite not owning it. Steam library share is great. And if you have friends who use Steam consistently, I don't know why you're not sharing your library with them. A hundred percent. If you have friends who you can trust to log into your Steam account and not ruin your life, you should be family sharing on Steam. Yeah, there's no reason not to. Sure, you might have shit taste in games. Own that. A hundred percent. Steam's family sharing like literally took my library from like two, three hundred games to like six, seven hundred games. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. I'm never going to run out of games to play. I had this conversation with a friend the other, the other day, mm-hmm. but I could never buy another video game ever. And never run out of video games to play for the rest of your life. Yeah, it's kind yeah. of it's kind of a terrible like place to be if we're being honest about it. And that's talking about games you like. That's kind of only even just talking about Steam. Yeah, like, we're talking about physical games as well. Like it gets so much worse because we have such a large catalog of PlayStation Two games, PS Four games, and X. Well, I'm just talking about our largest selection, which is PlayStation 2 and Xbox 360. PS4 and then, might outstrip the 360 it does at this not. point. It does not. Trust me. PS4 outstrips the 360 in quality at this point. I would agree. Yes. But yeah, no, because we were just never the type of people to sell games. So it's basically games we've owned since. And also, I'm just like, the type of person that never finishes games because I'm terrible at life. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I feel like you haven't finished like anywhere near even half of the games we own physically. That's true. Mm-hmm. I've finished very few games in life. I would argue probably out of all the consoles we have, the system you've finished the most games on is the 64, the Nintendo 64. Mainly because I've had it the longest and uh, mm-hmm. I put way too many hours into it. Yeah, also, during the time period in which you beat the most games, what I'd say was also the only console we really owned. Yeah, Mega Man, mm-hmm. Zelda, Ocarina of Time, Mega Man 64, yep. Mario Kart 64. I, I beat WCW and Revenge, Revenge so many times. Flying Dragon. I've never beat, well, I beat, the, I beat Flying Dragon um, SD. I've never beat Flying Dragon 3D. I thought you did. No, Flying Dragon 3D is a much harder game. Mm. But I know that um, there's other things on there that we beat. I don't remember what all we have on it. Pokemon Snap. Turok. Turok 2. Oh, uh, yeah. Turok 2 is so much worse, though. Turok 2 is so much better. I disagree with you what, so hard. What is your problem? Turok 2 is... Turok 2, arguably, in my opinion, the level design is just muddier because they keep everything like grays and browns and like dark greens. And I dislike the presentation of it because everything's such a muddier color. Turok 2 is such a better game. The I get, gameplay, the enemies. I get lost in it visually because everything's too similar in color. I can't do it. It's literally one of my favorite games for the 64. Turok 1 has different color palettes and more vibrancy to like. Also, Turok 2 had a multiplayer, which like. Was horrible because every wall was the same, which is true for like every 64 co-op shooter, except Turok was the worst about it. Turok 2, the worst part about that game is that you move with the c-pad yeah that's also horrible i forgot about that part that's the worst part of the game uh, <laughs> i was gonna talk about boulders gate but i don't like i don't want it to get too deep into boulders gate because it's, it's still super popular and people still play it and it's a very heavy story-based game yeah what mm-hmm. i will say is um my warlock is my melee is my melee character yep i'm playing a bard uh which i don't even know what my role in the party is i'm very, i guess i'm like the utility I'm the guy who makes sure he starts all conversations. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's my character's purpose. He talks to everything. Look, I want to be able to talk to the animals and to the dead people and yeah. to the other people. The fact that you get the ability to just, like just speak with, with the dead permanently. So soon in the game if you just don't so, miss an item. So good. It's Holy kind shit. of broken. Uh, Mind you, I am sad that I can't talk to every dead body I find. So many times I just be like, I see a body. I'm going to go talk to it. It's just like, the body remains quiet. It does not. And I was like, important fuck you. No- important note for you, Justice, and for any listeners. Yeah. If you kill somebody and you want to speak to them, yep. cast Disguise Self first. Yeah, I would assume. They don't want to speak to the person that murdered them. Yeah. Um, I did that twice by accident now. Mm. I've definitely lost information because I did that to Minthara. You know, I just like, I'll stumble across random dead bodies. I was just like, hey, here's this dead body. I'll be like, I want to talk to this. And nothing happens. Anytime I've tried to talk to someone, I've got I've just got self myself. Because in my brain, I just went, if I was playing in a D&D campaign, I would not have the guy who slaughtered them talk to them. It's very hard to intimidate a spirit. I have learned from actual at-table role-playing games. I don't know why DMs don't let me intimidate dead bodies, but it doesn't work very well. I think the intimidation should be easy, right? You just promise to revive them and then slowly torture them. Yeah, you've already proven you can enact harm on them. And that, like, if you revive them, you 100% can enact harm on them because they'll be they'll be helpless when you revive them. Yeah, and they're already where I'm more powerful than, than them, so it shouldn't be too much of a lo- leap of logic, even if I'm actually not capable or my party's not capable, to possibly assume I could revivify them. But whatever. But, uh, yeah, so Tiefling Bard is my character build. I am the most emo-looking um, gnome bard. And then I realized, like, 15 minutes into playing, I just recreated a character aesthetically, at least from a webcomic I read a while ago. And then I was sad that I didn't make them a gnome barbarian <laughs> because that would fit the character aesthetic more. Fair enough. 
Mm-hmm. I was um, like, damn, I missed my shot. My tiefling bard is wearing a duster and has a cowboy hat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my gnome bard is just wearing Lazelle's undergarments because they look like leather and they're weird and dumb and I like them. They fit the aesthetic again. Also, fuck Lazelle. She doesn't get clothes. I don't fuck. like her. I, I hate that lady. I gave her all the equipment I don't want and took all of her good equipment and gave it to party members I like. I just left her in camp and don't use her. Honestly, I don't blame you. Like, she is my least favorite character I've recruited into my party so far. Like, from, and that includes the walking nuclear weapon. Yeah, from my understanding, she apparently gets better in other acts of the game. <laughs> I mean, that, that, but, re- like, that requires I, keeping her Yeah, mind. I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm not <laughs> putting up with that. I'm sorry, you've already made a horrible impression by being extremely fantasy racist, and um, I don't deal with actual racists, I'm not going to deal with fantasy racists. You know you know the, the exact moment I knew I didn't like Lazelle? When? When I was like trying to free Shadowheart on the ship, and I was like, no, we, we should save this person. Yeah. And Lazelle's like, we don't have time. And then we obviously had so more much than time. enough time. Yeah. Honestly, Lazelle strikes me as if someone... Lazelle just strikes me as the type of person to use, like, the fantasy racist terms for, like, elf, like, calling them knife ears and shit. I'm just like... She does. Does she? Yeah. Cool. I hadn't gotten there because I hadn't paid attention to her. It's in the early game. She calls it... She calls Shadowheart a pointy ear or a pointed ear or something like that. Shadowheart's elf? Half elf, I think. Oh. I just didn't catch that. I'll be honest. Lazelle speaks and I don't pay attention anymore because she's just a bad time in general, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. Honestly, though, several of the characters you meet in the beginning, in my opinion, don't make the greatest introductions. Like, I don't think Shadowheart makes a great introduction. She, oh, yeah? She just isn't as horrible of a character to begin with as Lazelle. But Shadowheart's still not, like, a character I'm eager to add to my party, except for the fact that I need, assumedly, some help to fight Mind Flayers. And then when you get Gale, I'm also not super interested in him. He comes across as kind of pretentious. There's one character out of the first four who I'm fine with when I meet him. I legitimately don't like Gil. Same. So much so that I haven't... He, he's just been staying at camp. I get you. He's not staying at camp right now for me because I don't have another good spellcaster, but I can. I know where I can get one. I just haven't done it yet. Yeah, his name's Will. Yep. He's got one eye, and he's a badass. Wait, is, is he a pirate captain from the Goonies? He could be. Will could be. Oh, shit. Is there going to be a piano we're going to have to play later in a dungeon? Because that'd be fun. Like I know a- nothing about a piano. I don't know what you're talking about. The Goonies, the skeleton oh, yeah, piano. that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was being too literal. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't remember. the. I, I was thinking like piano in Baldur's Gate. Gate. Yeah, no, no. I was still referencing Will as being one-eyed Willie in the Goonies, which my brain just finally now made the connection of why that name's supposed to be funny. Oh, really? Yep, just now. Just now? Yep, I am... Way too old to have only gotten that now. At the ripe young age of 25? Yep. You're just now understanding a joke from... A a dick joke, yep. Well, I guess some of us aren't as intelligent as others. I'm sorry, my brain just doesn't go there initially. I'm not crude like the rest of you. I mean, that's a fair argument. I'm refined. I'm better than you. I'm superior. Oh, yeah? Well, I'm amazing. I'm astonishing. I'm astounding? I'm spectacular. I'm 2099. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, bud. Oh, fuck. I think that's about all we have in Baldur's Gate 3 without ruining the game, though, right? Yeah, probably. Plus, that Spider-Man bit has, like, that. Yeah, that's great. I'm, I'm not continuing past that to talk about the game more. That, that Spider-Man bit is pure gold. Like my rank in Marvel Snap just now. Oh, yeah. You picked Marvel Snap back up just a bit ago, didn't you? I did. Um, in fact, I literally just started playing again a week ago. 
How's that been, I guess? Uh, fun. I initially played during the original release for about a year, and then they introduced a really shitty mechanic that, like, gave people who'd been playing since beta an advantage over everybody else, and I was like, nope, I'm out, bye. Yeah, no, that sounds like a bad time. But It, it always kind of sucks when games do things like that. But now we've reached a point where, like, it, it's... The format's so large, like, large enough and healthy enough that it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, everything's so saturated that, like... It's balanced back out. Yeah, which is which is kind of great, right? Like... Yeah, it just sucks that it happened in the first place. 100% agreed. But I've been having a lot of fun. I've been, I've been running two decks. If anybody plays Marvel Snaps, they'll recognize the deck archetypes. One is Kazar Zoo. Okay. Which takes advantage of a bunch of, like, low-cost guys to flood the board. Um... And the other deck that I've been using is the Collector um, Handfill deck. Okay. And they are both incredibly fun. I think the Zoo deck is probably more competitive. Okay. But, and and this is 100% the reason why I've been playing more of the Collector deck... The collector deck like just randomly spawns cards into your hand. Yeah, that just sounds fun. And you can you just get to play a little bit of everything in the game. Yeah, like I understand that sentiment. It's why I have a commander deck that I do. Just being able to play things you weren't expecting is a fun time. It's it's so much fun. Yeah, you know what I know about Marvel Snap? Uh, what's that? There's some cool art. There's so much good art. That's like all I know. Like there's just some really cool art that exists for it that I've seen. Yeah, the amount of like cards have a lot of different like variant arts and i've been recently obsessed with the dan hip arts they're like yep. 2d like flat like animation style art okay variants yeah. i have a couple of them bishop is like my favorite it's it looks so he looks so good yeah it didn't look like there were any like um hard lines on the character to separate the collar so it looked like it's a matte collar model which is very nice it's, it's like black around the outline yeah but it looked very thin but as like not too thick, but mostly in the character itself, it looks like it was avoiding using any detailing yeah. lines. And yeah, hundred percent matte collars. It's so good. I love yeah, it so it's much. Nice. Uh, I actually spent ten dollars to buy that that art for my bishop. I spent way too much money getting back into Marvel Snap. That's the worst part about mobile games. They're like monetized. Yeah, they're just made to take your money. I haven't spent $50 on Marvel Snap in the last week. That didn't happen. Bruh. But I did go from collection level 500 and something to collection level almost 1100, um, which collection level just dictates what pool of players you're playing in and like okay. what, what percent of cards you have. Mm-hmm. So collection level 1100 is not like anywhere near the highest because... Honestly, let's just be honest here. I'm surprised they haven't monetized one of the level should just be called true believer no the highest level for any of it is infinite yeah no i'm just saying i'm surprised they haven't done that because does marvel love talking around stanley quotes and calls as a way to get people to support things or give them money yeah that's true that's 100 percent true but other than snap and boulders gate 3 i have been up to oh actually that's a lie there's one more thing i've been up to I, I give you permission. You may talk about your wrestling. Oh, I wasn't even talking about wrestling. Oh, okay. We're good. Um, we'll talk about whatever else you wanted to talk about. That's fine. Do it. Uh, I was going to say I restarted watching Glee. Hmm. <laughs> Which might be a Glee worse topic than wrestling. Or wrestling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I see. I see it. Hmm. They're both over-the-top broadcast television dramas. This is a with true personalities. fact. Too big to be believable. Way too much interpersonal drama that's supposed to be entertaining, but sometimes just comes across as slocky. Mm -hmm. So far, you're 100% correct. Weird fashion choices. Yes. The overlap exists. I'm not going to argue. However, one doesn't have a grossly weird, like, teacher. Also, I think... I think wrestling might be better than Glee. Yeah, probably. Yeah, that sounds right. I, I think so, but like... You can talk I, about either, obviously. I I just like to give you shit for the things you like. I'm obviously biased, but I 100% think, Glee, think wrestling's better than Glee. 
If I was going to talk about wrestling, only thing I have to talk about is a certain someone getting fired finally. I'm aware you were super happy when CM Punk got fired. I wouldn't say I was happy. I love CM Punk. You as- were relieved slash like like I, not I love, super happy but like i love him as an on-screen character sam yeah. punk the character is such a compelling piece of fiction the problem is sam punk the character and sam punk the person the overlap is way too much and uh they're he's problematic yeah. not in like the way marty scroll or somebody's problematic but like in that he's just kind of an over-aggressive piece of shit uh yeah yeah also i love the internet because i, I get takes like so CM Punk was fired because he assaulted a, a co-worker. For That's the a, second time. And threatened to assault his boss. Which um, would be the second time assaulting his boss. He's never hit... A second time assaulting a boss, is oh, what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. Um, and like, that. that's not okay. Yeah, I know. Like wrestling, sometimes shoots happen. Not like, the best. Has happened, happens a lot less now than it did in like the 90s. And normally now when it happens from my understanding, it's more often going to happen in the ring. Yeah. Where it's more likely to happen because mistakes happen. But backstage, not so much anymore and definitely not okay. Like I love the internet because like one of my favorite takes I've been seeing is wrestling is a fighting industry. If they can't fight backstage to settle their differences, what's even the purpose? And it's like these people don't recognize that wrestling's actually just a touring acting troupe and it has like Yeah, and also you don't hear that argument when UFC fighters get into like an actual real life beef. The most you'll do is like some fans might clamor that they have an actual match in the ring, but you don't hear them be like, Yeah, they should just fight it out backstage in like the back area of the arena. That's because it'd be ridiculous. It'd be yeah. so wild if that was a take people legitimately had. If like anybody like legitimately was like, Oh, they should just uh punch each other. That will solve their problems. Yeah, like bro that's not that's not okay like that's not my go-to solution in life don't get me wrong there are a bunch of people where my brain goes punch them it'll be better but i don't because that's a lie it wouldn't be better i would just get in legal trouble the justice why don't you why don't you just punch them because court's expensive that's why <laughs> that's a very good answer it's a very good answer mm-hmm. and even if like even before it gets to court it gets expensive man but i guess in tangent to the CM Punk thing because CM Punk assaulted a co-worker and threatened his boss at what is now the be- the biggest wrestling event of all the biggest paid attendance wrestling event of all time and i don't know wrestlemania no all in wembley london from the end of august 2023 mm. I don't think all ends a WWE promotion thing, so it's clearly definitely not. No, it's WWE is the it, biggest wrestling promotion. They always sell the most. It's funny that you bring that up because, like, the week of All In, WWE started pre-sales for WrestleMania next year. Yeah, which is a full two months before they ever started pre-sales in the past. Yeah, no, it's just because they wanted to try to take money away from All In. No, it's because they wanted this headline on Monday, which they got. WWE sells 90,000 tickets for WrestleMania. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Because 90,000 is bigger than 81,000. Mm-hmm. But WrestleMania is two nights. Yeah. So. Yeah. That doesn't mean they sold on both nights. No. They, they didn't definitely sell didn't. either night yet. Yeah. They just sold more tickets because WrestleMania is a two-day event. Yeah. They sold 45,000 for one day and 45,000 for the second day. Yeah. AEW sold 81,000 tickets for one day, one event. On, on the first day, their pre-sales were open. Well, they didn't sell. No, the first day they sold something like 40,000. Oh, I thought it was in the, was it in their first week? Uh, no, All In took the entire time oh. to build up to 81,000. I thought they sold, no, they crashed their pre-sale. They did crash their pre-sale. Yeah, they crashed it. That's what it was. I knew something happened with their pre-sale and they sold a fuck done. Yeah. But yeah, like if you listen to WWE though, 
WrestleMania from Arlington, Texas was 92,000 people, which it's not. It was like 77,000 or yeah, something Yeah, it's like. just that those numbers are only reported that way on their program. And they're like, oh, no, that's just a thing for the drama. It's that's entertainment That's entertainment. Value. That's storytelling, which that feels like that's not okay. Uh, it's legal. Yeah, because they also released their actual numbers because they have to because they're a publicly traded company. Uh, they, they were. Yeah, they were publicly traded. I don't, I don't know about the merger. I don't like they're being mer- uh, yeah. they're, they're being bought by they're forming a new industry called a new company called TKO. Yeah. Um, which is the combination of the company that owns the UFC and Dana White's Slap Boxing League. It's a combination of Endeavor, the company that owns UFC and Dana White's Slap Boxing League. Yeah. And what was WWE. Like, that's yeah. a, that, that's and then official. if it's not publicly traded anymore, they don't have to rebuild those actual numbers. I think TKO is going to be publicly traded, but I don't think... I think I don't... WWE was publicly traded. They sold. Yeah. I don't know if TKO, the new company, is. So, that's up yeah. there. Although TKO should be officially, like, a business this week. The episode, the week this episode goes live. Oh, weird. So, that's going to be a thing. But when TKO goes live, it will also mean Vince McMahon no longer has um, controlling sh- controlling interest in the company that owns WWE. That's better. He will have something like 45% stake. He'll still have way too much weight to throw around, but at least it's not the controlling majority. Yeah. Yep. Oh, so you gave me permission to talk about wrestling. That's my wrestling. Uh, mostly CM Punk got fired. AEW now has the bit, bit most attended paid event of all time. I'm going to actually, for our audience who don't know, I'm going to explain why I have to say most attended paid event. Do it. So in the 90s, there was this promotion. There was a very famous TV show. Back in the 90s. Yeah. Um, there was a very famous TV show called World Championship Wrestling, WCW, owned by Ted Turner. Yep. It was the preeminent competition to WWE. Or WWF. At the time, w- WWF. And WCW had a really strong working relationship with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yes. And in New Japan and WCW, for some reason, got in their head that they should do a show in North Korea. That sounds fine. I assume North Korea was like, hey, we like wrestling. Come here, do this. We pay you lots of money. I mean, not even necessarily. Um, North Korea has on multiple occasions been like, hey, we would like to do this thing just because it's a cultural thing. So it makes us more open to the rest of the world and it puts us out there and gives us better cachet in the world so in the 90s there was this very large wrestling event called collision in korea yeah and it was as far as modern pro wrestling is concerned the largest wrestling event of all time yeah but it wasn't paid people just had to be there over a hundred thousand people attended collision in korea yeah the problem is they attended under threat of death so that number like it's all part of the kayfabe (laughs) like because i don't know if you know about this about north korea but they're a ruthless dictatorship uh so i mean at least according to the west and the west is always right yeah but no so that's why every time i mention that AEW is all in is the highest attended paid event i have to say that way yeah because there was an event in korea that was over a hundred thousand people and there has been a bigger event just people didn't pay for it yeah yeah that's exactly why understandable so in boulders gate 3 and spider-man how how how, how what you got nothing what do you bring to this table nothing to i mean i caught up on spy family by reading it but there's not really a lot to discuss there it's good i already knew it was good i just hadn't read it in a while oh well i think that's gonna be everything from us then yeah so Thanks for coming into the cockpit with us. 
and join us on our next flight. Which will be on our normally scheduled time. You know, unless we get delayed. It's, it's a flight. You can never trust them, really. You know, that's the best part about the entire kayfabe of our show. Yeah, if like, we if have it, to like put something on for some reason, we're going to be like, yeah, your flight's delayed. You should have expected this. We call them flights. Departure is delayed. Apologies. But no, we want to thank you for coming to the cockpit and enjoying this time with us. Uh, well, we discussed... Stoof. Stoof. Uh, and if you want to contact us and let us know what you think about Baldur's Gate 3, how your playthrough's going, what class you're playing, what race you're playing, if you're doing the Jack of All Trades gimmick thing, or... Or yeah. your favorite Spider-Man. Or your favorite Spider-Man. Justice, who's your favorite Spider-Man? Go. My favorite Spider-Man is Ben Riley. I love Ben Riley. He's great. I get you. And I like- he was amusing in Across the Spider-Verse. His amusingness in Across the Spider-Verse surely comes from how, like, edgy he was supposed to be in the 90s. Yeah, they're, they're just playing on that, whereas, like, more current Ben Riley is such a great fucking character. I'm fine with his presentation. That's hilarious, and I enjoyed it. But I think, like, a more modern Ben Riley would be really just entirely against the whole thing that Miguel's got going on. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have to use the 90s edgy version, otherwise it wouldn't really fit very well, in my opinion. That's fair. My favorite Spider-Man is also a clone. Yeah. His name is Kane Parker. Kane is also fun. The mark of Kane is just this. It's crazy. <laughs> and the fact that it just like confirms, you yeah, know, Spider-Man can just rip the skin from people. And the fact that he doesn't do it on a daily basis is another example of his extreme self-control. Yeah. Kane Parker. Uh, if you don't know Kane Parker, Spider-Man, go look him up. He's kind of he's kind of a badass and yeah. a villain. Yeah. Like, villain Spider-Mans just show you, like, how much effort it takes to be a good Spider-Man, basically. Yeah. Because even when Superior Spider-Man Doc Ock is going around trying to be a good guy, it's so much fucking effort for him to not be fucking the, the bad at it. The moment where he unhinges the jaw of Scorpion. Unhinge is not correct. Removes the jaw of Scorpion is the correct. If you remove the hinge of something, you have removed it as well. I don't know if it counts as unhinged. If the hinge is still there, the rest of it's the, the thing that sits on the hinge is gone. Anyways, if you want to tell us who your favorite Spider-Man is, or your character build in Boulder's Gate, or your character build in Dungeons & Dragons, because we've got two D&D campaigns going on that we're part of, and yep. we're D&D nerds, uh, you could do that by or, reaching out to us. Or a character in a different RPG. Or to just tell us about a different RPG. We might already know the RPG, but I like tabletop role-playing games, and a lot of them don't get enough love. That's true. But you can do that by reaching out to us at a myriad of ways, including, but not limited to, hitting us up on X at Copilot's Review. Emailing us at copilotsreview at gmail.com. Finding us on Hive at Copilots Review. Joining our Discord, which you can find a link to on our website, copilotsreview.simplecast.com. And that website also has links to our X, our YouTube, our Patreon, our Instagram, our Twitter, our... Those aren't... That's not right. It just has like... Our Facebook, our... No, it just has the Patreon, the YouTube, the Discord, Our only fish. And an email. Our farmers now. It's... Farmers only, my bad. No, no, no. You, you've said multiple of them wrong, so I was just going to run with it and say plenty of Christians. <laughs> plenty of Christians? Yeah, I love that You said only one. fish, it's plenty of fish, but yeah, no. Uh, but yeah, myriad of ways to hit us up. Let us know. Fans mingle. <laughs> Fans mingle. Uh, what's the one where you pay us and we, we say words into a camera for a minute? Well, that'd be cameo, but we are an audio thing, so... is it? I mean, it's technically still a cameo in an audio format. If you want to do that one, uh, it wouldn't be actual cameo, but you can still ask us to do it. You'll just get a black video with voice lines. But anyways, we'll see you in the next flight in 10 days from now. Woo.